This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the rant. 16-14 victory over Temple. I have to say, fellas, if you told me that Rutgers would be 3-0 and and that I would spend much of Monday morning trying to read the lips of Greg Schiano and his conversation between offensive quarter coordinator Sean Gleason, I would have been a bit surprised. I got to be honest with you. That was not how I expected to start my day. But that's where we are here in, in Rutgers world. The, the fan base is sort of uh, up in arms. This might be a little too strong, a little concerned. It's certainly not too strong about the state of the offense. All right. So Fonseca, just take us through the clip you found of Greg Schiano talking to Gleason. When was it? And, you know, it, it, how many views does it have now? You put it online and it's got like, where are we at? Like 2,000, 3,000? So I uploaded it on streamable to be able to link mm-hmm. it to our film review. Uh, that has 1,228 views as right. of three o'clock on Monday. Okay. And then only I about 400 of them are me. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. So the usual for context, the usual views on these things are like 400 is a good video right. and we're at three times that, but I can't tell if it's three times as many people or if everyone's yeah. just watching it a billion times. Right. And then I uploaded it on Twitter a little bit earlier and it has a thousand one hundred. So this, this video is going viral. People know, obviously, that we're at the game. We're not watching the TV view. So none of us noticed this during the game. No. We had gotten people texting us. Uh, I'd seen some tweets, I believe, some message board posts. So I was extra attentive when I was watching it on the film review. And I got to say, like, people were saying, like, Shiano blew up on Gleason on the sideline. I thought he was – he looked more disappointed, if anything, like a, like a disappointed <laughs> father. The lady would understand this as an Italian. This is like – this is what – you look like on Thanksgiving dinner if the if the turkey is over. Like, well, how would you describe it as, as an Italian person? Pat? This is when the men of guts is this hitting is, your stomach. Exactly, exactly it. That's it. Yes. Yeah, that was my first reaction. He looked because he, he grabs the front of his head and he holds on. He's like, like he wants to, like he wants to rip his forehead off. That would how I would describe it. 
Yes, I had not seen – I've seen many interesting coaching faces on sidelines. That was maybe a first or a second. That was very interesting. Um, and then I spent, you know, as much time as everyone else trying to figure out exactly what he's saying. I've, we've gotten some really interesting guesses on texts, on emails, on DMs. And uh, I don't know if we've gotten to the bottom of it, but it feels like we've gotten pretty close. I feel like we're close. And this is the consensus in, in, in a, a conversation with a few Rutgers fans who I will leave nameless. We seem to come up – we seem to have centered on, at the end at least, he says – quit commentating and call the game or or quit compensating and call the game and there's another just to take it even one step further there's another quit complicating and call either whatever one it is it's it's just it's just you know chef's kiss hilarious i don't i don't know which one i want it to be i mean what, what what's your theory pat you got one you watched it uh, why? Why didn't you just ask him in the press conference and end all? Uh, all... Oh yeah, because come on, just, Steve, you're the veteran. That's what he's he's going to answer that question. Quit, quit, give me it again. Quit compensating and quit, call the place. Quit commentating. Quit compensating or quit com- complicating. Oh. I don't see a P. The P, you know, there's the nothing pretty... complicating about his play calling, so you can eliminate that. <laughs> can eliminate that. That's right? a great point. Um, I, he doesn't want a future in broadcasting, so not commenting. So whatever the second one was, commentate. Well, yeah, but that's look, commentating sounds like something you yell at someone on Reddit if they're quit commentating. Yeah, I don't know. I think Shano, if you asked him, he wouldn't remember because he probably blacked out in the middle of that rant. So. Totally blacked out. I know his, his frown was so so severe. I could he couldn't even draw that on a uh, like etch a sketch. That's no. how big of a drastic frown it was. If you walked in, that's like if you walked in ninety minutes late on curfew and you saw that face if, on your father, it'd be like, oh man. I am done. Broader point, we asked, so I asked Craig Channel today uh, about Sean Gleason directly because it's a big, I can't, it's been a big topic. I wrote about it. I was hard, hard on him in my column and his answer couldn't have been more clear. He's got, uh, he couldn't be, what was the exact phrasing he said? You guys wrote as high as his confidence is as high as it could be as high as it could be. And then he went on to point out some very obvious things about this offense that, it's, it's an offensive line. It was a work in progress. The offensive line's worst game by far. Young quarterbacks, and he didn't say it, but young quarterbacks who did not play well. I mean, obviously, Gavin Wimsett got hurt. We'll talk about Evan Simon here. You know, he, he missed some throws that – we don't pile on the kids. We try not to pile on the athletes as much as possible on this podcast. He, he, he was inaccurate, the best way we can put it. Um, so, I mean, there are a lot of things obviously going on. Fonseca, as you're watching this, give me a sense of what, what, how much of it do you think was just schematic? And some of the things that they're doing and doing again and again are very predictable. That's, that's the thing with me is I was very surprised that on 21 first downs, they ran the ball 19 times, which I, I understand wanting to go heavy on the run, but it feels like there's got to be some, some threat of a throw to get defenses from not stacking the box. You know, Temple's able to put seven, eight guys up front and just stuff the run, which they did on nine of those nine, uh, nine of the 19 runs were gains of three yards or less. So Rutgers is on second down. They're already starting way behind the sticks and having to work their way back. So they're really just starting off every drive behind, essentially. And then, yes, when Simon was given a chance to throw, uh, he did miss a few throws by a large margin. Uh, again, they're like you said, Steve, they're just kids. People forget that. But some of the throws really could have could have been better. And, I mean, one no too. I think they ran play action two times. If you're going to keep running the ball every time, throw in a fake every once in a while. I don't know. I... I I thought the play calling seemed a bit predictable. And one point someone brought up um, that it may be fair. They didn't want to get him hurt. Uh, Evan Simon, they were already down to one scholarship quarterback. But I, I mean, still, 
as bad as the offensive line was playing, I got to think that you can trust the kid to take, you know, four steps back and throw a screen pass or throw, throw more than, than he did. I really thought they could have, I thought that's a fair criticism. I really thought they could have thrown the ball more. Right. And, and Pat, you got to stretch the field too. I mean, that, that, that this is what, this is the easiest defensive call in the world. You're going to put eight guys in the box and make the quarterback beat you at Rutgers. And if you don't even try to stretch the field and get, and, and get, <laughs> make them back up. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be what you're, you're facing. No question. Inaccuracy was a big issue. Play calling was an issue, but also an issue we haven't brought up too is the separation by the wide receivers. There were times when they were open, but there were other times where they looked like they were covered completely. So not, not all the blame goes on, on the quarterback on Simon here, but you're right. A lot of, a lot of things just, just went wrong. All right. So now they're up against it. Now it doesn't sound like either Noah Vedral will be back or Gavin Wimsett will be back. Uh, if that's the case, <laughs> it was a great moment in the press conference. It was, it was, a, it was an interesting, these press conferences are often boring. This was an interesting one when Brian, you tried to press him on who would be the quarterback after Simon. And he just said, I'm not going to tell you that it was, it was a great little laughing. I don't know that that he's not going to tell you that. I don't think that person exists. I think the quarterback after Evan Simon is Johnny Langan. I'm not sure he shouldn't be the quarterback the entire game in some level. He can, you know, I, I get it. Iowa's defense is good, but I mean, what do you think? Where, where are they going with this position? For for the record, it was Pat that asked that question. He's there's a Pat. I'm sorry Pat. For, for throwing his the meat into the lines. Then, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think they really don't have any other options. I mean, unless Austin Alberici is this secret weapon they've been hiding specifically for this circumstance, wow, which I yeah. can't I can't imagine, um, or the other Gavin Gavin Rupp, who we've joked about being the better Gavin, if unless he's the better Gavin, which again I'm not predicting. Um, I think they're gonna have to roll with Simon or. As you mentioned, Iowa's really good defensively. They have a really good linebacker, a really good safety, a first-team All-American level players I'm talking about here. Maybe, I think someone texted it to us, the Johnny Lang in 2020 Purdue game. The guy's a wrecking ball. She showed it on the last drive against Temple. Just let him get the rock and run as hard as he possibly can. And, you know, tacklers be damned, put nine guys in the box, let Johnny Lang just bulldoze through everybody. <laughs> It's, is that going to work? Schem- schematically, that does absolutely does not work against yeah. Iowa's defense. Against Iowa does not work. It works good against Wagner, a little bit Iowa. Yeah. Well, at one point, Rutgers had, I think it was a, like a handful of plays. Rutgers had five linemen and then like three tight ends on either end and then just ran the ball. Honestly, sometimes the way some of the play calling was going, it looked like the 1869 offense. I reckon just, just, just rock with it and see how far it takes you because it's one thing. The thing is that Rutgers didn't turn the ball over. If they throw the ball more, they might turn it over, which would be a disaster against Iowa. I guess it was two games against Wagner. Shiano said that he felt so good for Johnny when he threw that touchdown pass because he's a quarterback at heart. Yeah. Maybe that was like the impetus to let, let, let's see Johnny Langan throw the ball in this game. It could be. All right. Of the many, of the many theories that we've gotten about the offenses, I, I will put this, call this the, the tinfoil hat theory. It might not have been, probably, probably it's a lot of people who are around this program think that this is Greg Shiano putting the shackles on Sean Gleason because of all the things we've mentioned, like, and I wrote a column that was very critical of Sean Gleason because I, I just remember how creative this was the first year. It was just, I mean, you were watching some of the, the plays, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the way he got, you know, a lot out of very little that first year, I thought was very encouraging. And we haven't seen that at all. So the theory goes that Shannon knows the defense is better. Now he knows the quarterback's not good. And he has told, he has told Sean Gleason to dial it back. I mean, are you buying that? I'm, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. Yeah. I'll be it. I wasn't here that first year, but I, I think it's just, they're just content to win. Yeah. Right? That's so like, the bigger part that, of it. Yeah. That, that's what it is. Like 
if you have the lead, protect the lead. They're winning like the Giants won yesterday. Right. Yeah, and the Giants got nothing but praise. And I think there's got to be some element of <laughs> Greg Shannon who's looking at the says, hey, we're 3-0. and We beat two teams on the road with great defense. We're not talking about that. He's right, too. Brian, I mean, he's right. And that, you know, if you look at it just completely objectively, 30,000 feet view, this is a program that would have lost this game a couple of years ago. Would have creamed the fact that the defense was as good as it was. The fact they didn't have to score again points and the fact that they could have uh, I mean, Johnny Lang. And we'll talk about this a little later, but makes a brilliant play at the end to fall down and kill this game as when he posed, he could have run into the end zone and made the score look better. We have to keep in mind, right? The defense was very good. It is fair to, to, to point to the three, no record and say that Rutgers would have signed for this in blood in the preseason. I think globally, I, I agree there. That is as good of a start as Rutgers could have wanted. And the defense has been really, really good. And it's pro- probably the only reason they are 3-0. I do think there could be a middle ground between the 2020 throw everything up in the air and just a billion trick plays a game and just hope something sticks versus the you know the offense against Temple where, I mean, there was really nothing creative. I think there is some room for something. And you got to help out. Listen, I know Evan Simon is a young quarterback. Uh, he's probably not learned the entire playbook. It might be hard to ask him to learn, you know, trick plays and, and all these things. But there was a play where Joshua Youngblood took a, a snap at Wildcat and Evan Simon lined up at wide receiver and he was ready for the throwback towards him to, you know, the, the double pass. Those opportunities are there. I just think, again, they're risk adverse. They want to, you know, let the defense control the game. And again, like you guys said, it's worked so far. It's hard to contest, but it's not going to work against a team like Iowa. I don't think you can out-conservative Kirk Ferentz in Iowa. Right, yeah. The problem is they were one busted play away from a complete disaster. And as Greg Shannon pointed out in the post-game press conference, uh, that play happened, and Temple just couldn't connect on the long pass after a, a busted coverage. I don't know. All right. Anyway, fascinating situation here. A lot of fun. Let's dive into true or false, because I've got some more topics in here that, uh, that I think uh, we need to talk about. All right. You guys know the rule. Here we are. True or false? We are totally overreacting. Rutgers is 3-0, and and that's all that matters. Gun to your head. Are we overreacting? Fun second, true or false? We never overreact. False. <laughs> Lanny? False. I, I'm with you totally. False. It would, this is a, real, a good reaction. All right. True or false? Our preseason picks were wrong. Rutgers will go bowling in 2022. Fonseca? I'm sticking with false. Lanny? Not unless they get the quarterback situation figured out. Yeah, it's still it's still false for me too at this point, but it can change in a hurry. All right, true or false? Johnny Football should get twenty five snaps at quarterback against Iowa. Fonseca, true or false? True. Okay, Lanny, false. Wow. All right, we'll hear for this minute. I'm going to go true as well. Uh, another Johnny Football one. True or false? Johnny Football is smarter than the average Cleveland Browns running back. This is going to this would be a good test to see if you guys also watch the NFL on Sunday to figure out what the hell I'm talking about. Fonseca, did you do you know what I'm talking about true or false? Absolutely, he is smarter than Nick Chubb. True. <laughs> Nick Chubb. True. All right. Landon? Uh, I only watched the Giants game, so I can't I can't comment. No comment. It's true. He and I will explain that, but if you if you understand where I'm coming from, it's a great play John Johnny Langer made. True or false? Aaron Lewis is the team's MVP through three games. Is that true, Brian? I'll go with true. Okay. Lanny? I'm going to go true as well. 
Yeah, I, it's hard. I think it's hard to make an argument. There's there's someone else better than he's been playing right now. A uh, couple more. True or false? Samuel Brown, the fifth, is the team's best running back. Is that too too bold of a statement? Fonseca, true or false? I'll go false. It's a bit hyperbolic right now. Hyperbolic. Lanny? False. All right. I'll go, I'll go false too, but I want I want 10 more. I want 10 carries out of him this week. Uh, true or false? Rutgers, Rutgers, Iowa will be a sellout. Will they get to the full Monty? Lanny, true or false? True, and they'll just say it's a sellout anyway. It doesn't matter if they get there or not. Fonseca? Can I agree more? True. Yeah, true. I think so as well. They're close from what I understand. Uh, and finally, true or false, the Big Ten East is the best division in college football, and it's time for the league to break it up. Fonseca, true or false? False. Wow. Okay. Lanny? True. True, true. true. I mean, they're true. There are three, there are six teams that are three and oh, that are three and oh, and one of them's not Michigan State. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable, right? I mean, what, what let's start there. Fonseca, what do you really want the divisions to stay this way where the fifth best team in the Big Ten is could play for the Big Ten championship? Okay. You asked me a bit of a split question there. I okay. am not totally against divisions changing, but I don't think the Big Ten East is the best division in college football. I think probably both SEC divisions are, are better. Um, okay. Also, those records are a bit inflated. I mean, Rutgers didn't really beat anybody impressive. I don't think right. Indiana beat anybody impressive. But to your greater point, yes, it's been a good start for the East, a disastrous start for the West. I mean, Penn, Penn State, State, Penn State beat Auburn. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good win. I would agree. Although Auburn is about to fire their coach and they're a dumpster fire, but I, I do not disagree. Right. Okay. Well, that's 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 that Penn State's got that right now. If you were looking at just top ten teams' best record through three games, you would have to put Penn State close to it. But all right. We'll, we'll go there. Um, sorry. So if you are not paying attention to the NFL, what Johnny, what Johnny Langham did in that game, I thought was just brilliant. So many, it's so easy to forget the situation when you break free. Uh, Rutgers could have scored there on their last possession, but Johnny Langham knew if he fell down the three yard line that Rutgers won and he did it. And Nick Chubb did not do it against the Browns. And the result was, I mean, just uh, one of the, I don't know, five greatest wins in Jets franchise history. Just an incredible come from behind victory on uh, what was one of the best weekends in New Jersey, New York football sports that we've had in a long time. Right. I mean, look at that. Yeah. Your teams are five and oh, or I guess the Jets are one and one, but yeah. Giants and Rutgers five and oh. Oh, I was trying to, when was the last weekend? Giants, Jets, Rutgers, Yankees, Mets all won on the same weekend. Someone should look that up. I uh, unfortunately am uh, too lazy. Uh, all right, what else we got here? Um, right, so to the overreaction point, we've talked about it, and and this is this is the and I there are a couple of texters pointed this out. Like, you know, hey guys, you thought they'd be four and eight, they're three and zero. Are you moving the bar? My point is that I just don't. From what I what I watched in that game, I didn't see a team that was going to win many more games if they played like that. For example, and that's the reaction. It's not that they. Uh, great, they're three and zero. It's wonderful. That's uh, that's where they, they want to be. But I guess Fonseca, that that's why I think that this the fan base is is absolutely within the right to be concerned. I totally agree. I, I'm, I'm. It's tough to look through the rest of the schedule and find, you know, three more wins if they play the way they did offensively against Temple. I maybe Nebraska, which got absolutely shredded by Georgia Southern at home recently. But I mean, the rest of the schedule, it's really hard to find. You know, really anybody in the Big Ten that you can be playing that way. All right, so who is your team MVP then? Wait, did we both agree? We, we both we agreed. All said, that, we all we said. also we all agreed that it was Aaron Lewis. Okay, that's that's a fair he one. He was a beast. He was a beast on Saturday. Yeah. What What did you see from him, Pat? 
pure pure strength at the line of scrimmage. He was shedding blocks like nothing. And the forced fumble, he made a great play. I just thought he was, I hate to say unblockable. This is such a cliche, but he was. Was he drawing any double teams? I asked, asked the film yeah, review the film, expert, film, man. Film review, man. What, what, do we, what do we see there from the defensive line overall? I agree with Pat. He shed just about everything. There was one play, Aaron Lewis is on the right side. He goes around his blocker, goes to the other end of the, of the defensive line and makes a tackle. He was everywhere. 11 tackles, two tackles for loss. Just a tremendous game. And yeah, the offensive line constantly in the backfield uh, forced a ton. I can't remember the exact number, but multiple tackles at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. Temple had 49 rushing yards. Rutgers is the second best rush defense in the country through three games. Could not be more impressed so far with uh, the front seven. Right. And and for all the talk, Iowa still is a different level of opponent. But I, I mean, you know, <laughs> the over. what was your stat on the over-under? I mean, that's remarkable. 30, it was 35, the lowest in the history of Las Vegas gambling. Well, well you, you came up with something that's not quite that uh, bold, but but pretty pretty much so. Sure. So what I could find this morning, the Rutgers Iowa opened at 35 and a half. That was the number, which is unbelievably right. low for a college football game. That's pretty low for an NFL game, frankly, but really low for college football. It's gone down, by the way, to 34 and a half on FanDuel. It's dropped. Wow. To 34 wow. and a half. Yes. Amazing. The lowest I could find in college football recently was 2015. I believe it was Missouri Vanderbilt. That was exactly 34 when it closed. Rutgers has a chance to beat that, which would be just, I mean, I, I, we all expected this low number. I didn't expect it to be this low. Usually when you see that, I, I don't know how you feel about when you're gambling, but usually when I see it, uh, something that's so out of the ordinary, I think, well, Vegas must, like everyone's still going to hammer that under. Uh, I, sometimes I think, well, Vegas no, must know something. It's got to be the opposite. But this, and this time, I don't, I think, I think it is the under. I can't, I don't think see a scenario where it's going to be many more points than that. I mean, do you agree? My, my alarm bells are just screaming the over. Just, it has to really be yeah. screaming it. But I agree with you. I, I just don't see how this game ends. You know, twenty-one ten seems ambitious. I just don't don't know how this game goes over. Right? Yeah, it's always turn it's always turnovers that affect over unders, and both these teams are really good protecting the ball. Right. What was the stat that Greg Shiano mentioned? Nine and zero, or, or not? Yeah, nine yeah. and zero when they don't turn it over. Right, and that is something that's key to remember about this offense too. We're, we're killing it, but uh, they're holding on to the football, which is uh, which is a big deal. All right. Can we dive into some insider questions? Everyone, thank you for, for texting. I think we had about 75 questions and only, only 20 of them were about Sean Gleason. So that's good. Uh, we'll dive into as many as we, as we possibly can. And, and this is one that came up a bunch. Why and this is from a Peter in Palm City, Florida. Uh, why is Rutgers such a QB graveyard? Is it bad luck or, or do we just do a bad job developing talent at the position? You know, along those lines, that question about Gavin Wimsat, is he not ready yet or is he just not as good as his rating? Uh, and has Shiano miscalculated in missing an entire cycle for QB recruiting? It's a fair question. I mean, if you look back, it wasn't just Greg Shiano. They, you know, talk about the miscalculations that are notorious now in Rutgers lore, Kenny Pickett, guys who have, you know, gone to other programs. And I was watching this. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Like, you know, how does... Temple get a kid like EJ Warner, who looks like, I mean, you know, if you're watching him, he's got the instincts. He might not have the skill, but he certainly made good decisions. Why, why can't Rutgers find a kid like that? I, I wasn't that impressed with, with EJ. You Warner. weren't. I you watched I, the film. I, 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 I was. I thought he made all the right, all the right reads. But here's, here's what it's it first is. Game. This is recruiting. My biggest thing with recruiting overall, if you don't hit a certain size criteria, you're off the board. Yeah. And I think if you look at Gavin Wimsett, He's like the prototypical, perfect, recruitable player right now. He's got the size, arm strength, speed, 
And I think Rutgers wanted to recruit a player that that could be uh, multifaceted like him. Like his his running game, as we've seen, is is a, is a big reason why he was so highly rated. So you, graveyard I, is so that was great question. Great question. Graveyard is 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 tough, but I will say that from what we've seen from the two quarterbacks, neither one of them is ready. I'm not ready to give up on either of them. Certainly not ready to give up on Gavin Wimsett. He, I mean, the physical tools are, are incredible. He's 18 years old. Uh, but if they don't pan out, um, you know, Peter's got a point. Then, then they've they have mystery. They have missed the recruiting cycle. They're going to have to find someone in, in in the portal again because you know Noah Vedra is leaving the program, and it's they have missed more than they've hit on the portal as well. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldrich is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldrich Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, the Heldrich lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Knights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. Going forward. A, a few things. Uh, well, I, I think it's tough to bash them for – I understand the, the, the quarterback portal thing. It's tough to bash them when Noah Vedral gets hurt you know, and then Gavin gets hurt. They got a little bit of bad injury luck. Ga- uh, the Gavin thing – he was highly rated because, as Pat said, his ratings are all about potential. He has all the size. He has all the physical abilities. It's a matter of, of molding him. And I agree with you, Steve, that's too early to count him out. And the, the graveyard thing, I, they haven't recruited well enough on the offensive line. They haven't had a very attractive offense in years. When was the last time Rutgers had a sexy offense that quarterbacks yeah. would want to play in? Um, so I think all of that is, is, is a factor. Uh, all right, another question on the offense. Uh, I can't be the only one asking this, but is there any possible Gleason has an amazing, creative, effective offense installed, but just didn't want to give it away prior to the Big Ten schedule? All right. I mean, are we? I have no doubt they held some stuff back uh, against Wagner, but you know, are you really holding stuff back against Temple, Boston College? I, I mean, I think it has more to do with the quarterback than than trying to be secret and stun come out and stun Iowa with, you know, with some uh, high flying thing. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think that's a conspiracy theory. I can't get behind. <laughs> that's like five. <laughs> I wanted to, I want right to, right. I want to get behind it, but yeah, my tinfoil is just not, it's not working today. I can't, I can't, I can't quite get behind that one. Yeah. I uh, like I like the idea. I just think that if they had 10 secret plays, you could take out one to kind of <laughs> give yourself a touchdown cushion against temple. Just, I think that's a bit far-fetched. I, I do like the hope, though, that they're suddenly going to come out with, you know, the, the greatest show on turf against Iowa. I'm not looking for, again, I'm not looking for some some incredible play. At one point, I'm just looking for a, a pass over the pass over the middle to the tight end. And that is the next question from old Mark. Old Mark from Piscataway moving to Wichita. I don't understand that decision, Mark, but that, that's between you and your family. Um, number three, why, why don't we use our tight ends more often in the passing game? Why not run quick slants over the middle? with them like the Giants used to do with Mark Bavaro. I'm like the Giants did like the Giants did against the, the Panthers yesterday. I mean, it is a great question. They don't have Giants don't have talent at wide receiver. So they've just got some big guys who uh, are good pass catchers who, who run good routes, get open. They were so they're throwing the ball to them. And what, where's that element 
Uh, I get it, man. I almost out, but they still have Victor Kanopka. They have the the Higgins kid, who I think is going to be a really good player. I mean, where is that from this offense? I'm not so certain those routes were open. I mean, Temple put a lot of guys in the middle of the field because they Rutgers just kept running the ball. Um, and, and I'm not convinced that Rutgers has that big bruising tight end who's a sure sure fire pass catcher that could be the quarterback safety blanket. I, I'd have to see that. I think Matalima could be that guy. I'd have to see something out of Langan and, and Kanopka before I, I peg them as that. All right. Yeah, I was just going to, I was just going to say, we forget that Johnny Langan is, is the tight end right now. And, and what he's doing is certainly not <laughs> running slants across the middle. <laughs> we want, we want Johnny Langan. No, this is great. Now, now I just say, we want Johnny to do 25 snaps, but I also would like him to catch 10 passes. Is that pilot? Yeah, come on. That's yeah, you know. there you go. There you go. Yeah, I like Johnny football, to, so let him do whatever he, you know, let him do. I like in the end of the game to like him being like in this, the strongest man competition. He just like, he just tied the team around his waist with a big rope and just pulled it to pull the victory. He is, uh, he's something else. All right. Good question from Mike from Edison. Uh, don't know if I should ask this again after with how bad the offense played, but with Isaiah Pacheco scoring the first TD last week, which current player on the team? has the best chance to score a TD in the NFL next year. That's a good one. It's a good one, huh? Pat, you go first. What do you think? I I can't remember if Johnny Langan has another year of eligibility or not, but if it if he if he's going the NFL route, I would say maybe him as a versatile like um yeah. who's the guy on the Saints? Um you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the guy uh, they bring Mark? in at quarterback on the Saints. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. um from, uh, BYU. Yeah, from BYU. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, right. I might have to get him. In yeah, my we're stumped. But that's that's my, that's maybe even on special teams, something like that. Uh, yeah, and uh, he's going to get Johnny. Johnny will be in an NFL camp. I can you know, virtually guarantee that. Uh, do you have another answer better than that one, Fonseca? No, and and that's probably a uh, indictment on right. Rutgers' offense. You know, so the, they're, they're Krushank young, won't but... be Krushank won't be in an NFL, an NFL camp. He will be in a camp next year. He could be returning kicks. I mean, that's possible. He certainly hadn't done it this year, but. It's possible. He might have another year of eligibility, though. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. That's yeah, it's possible. That's a good call. Yeah. All right. Those are the best two we can come up with, Mike. Uh, there are not a lot of playmakers, although there's some, you know, some young running backs who, uh, again, I'm high on Brown, but that's uh, that's just me. All right. Andy from Glassboro is asking the question that was asked 27 times. Assuming Gleason doesn't turn around the offense, his track record isn't promising. What are the chances and price tag of letting him go at the end of the season? Um so he signed for next year. I, I Googled it because people ask he's, he's up. He, his contract goes through next year. So that is the price tag. It's a, a million, whatever uh, into next year chances. I mean, I think it's going to have to be pretty bad. And I think um, that's because of the quarterback situation and the line situation. And also let's face it. I mean, how many times have we wrapped this is before you guys get here. I, I get it. But how many times have we written the story about the revolving door at coordinator and how bad that's been for the program? I mean, what do they have like 11 and 11 years? If you, if you, if you put a, if you did the squid game ball of money above me right now and told me to come up with seven of those 11, um, I don't think I could do it. I mean, that's just, so, I mean, there's, there is a benefit to having coaching stability, right? I mean, yeah, I agree. And I think it'd have to be really bad, like nine more games of Temple bad for, uh, or maybe not that bad, but it has to be pretty bad for, for them to pull the plug. I'd agree. Right. Yeah. Or he, or he decides he wants to move on. I don't think that's the case. I think he likes it here. His family's from New Jersey, you know, and again, he's a good coach. I, I, you know, I defended him a lot in this podcast. Uh, This was the first time I was really like, all right, what the hell, what the hell are we doing here? Um, 
at least this first time this season. Uh, yeah, I, it's, I, I think he's going to get a lot of rope. That's my, that's my feeling. All right. Uh, what other questions we said? Uh, as I said last, last week, the offensive line struggled in pass protection. What are the odds? Shiano switched it up. Alex from Freehold. Uh, Lenny, what do you got? I think we'll see a shuffling there. I don't, I don't think so. I think they've, they've been pretty consistent and uh, starting with the same guys every week and, and sticking with them. I think Brian had a nice breakdown in the film review that Shafani kind of swaps in as that swing guard, but I think it's just about developing those six guys. I know he said he had eight at one point, but I think it's still those six that are just get, just got to get better. And that's on coach Augie Hoffman. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I agree with you. Do you agree with that, Brian? Yeah, I think the, the solution would maybe be to J.D. Dorenzo's playing left guard, move him to left tackle, put Mike Chifani at left guard, and take out Willie Tyler, who's really struggled in pass protection yeah. so far. But that loses you some versatility with Chifani, who can plug in on either guard spot. He filled in for Dunlap when he struggled for a bit. He filled in for Dorenzo for a little bit uh, in the third quarter. So uh, I think they would rather take the have that, that flexibility with Chifani off the bench and uh, hope that Willie Tyler kind of eases his way in and, and fixes some of his early pass protection problems. Willie Tyler had an Eric Flowers moment uh, in that game where he just got turned around by a, by a speed rusher. It wasn't pretty, but yeah, I mean, you're going to have to deal with growing pains. And I think the fact that they haven't had an injury there is, is good. Consistency is good. You have to remember they did. And I think that's part of why this was a conservative game plan because they did run the ball so effectively against Boston college. I think they thought they were going to do it again in this game. That gives you their, you know, those. I don't know why they didn't change the strategy after you became obvious after the first two or three possessions that they weren't going to. But yeah, I think you got to stick with you got to stick with the line at this point. And that's Uh, a great point you brought up, Steve. Think about how much praise we gave the offensive line after Boston College. Oh yeah, like that ninety-six yard drive was the most beautiful thing this offensive line could have ever done. And then two weeks later, we're we're back to them sucking. So it just shows you how much consistency matters. Uh, Brandon from Branchburg wants to know, are there a lot of recruits scheduled to visit on Saturday? Should be a great environment to showcase. I forgot to ask Todd Hunt that question. I have, but I have, <laughs> I have no doubt there's going to be a big list. They, Greg Shannon's not going to miss this opportunity. Prime time, you know, three and O packed stadium to, I mean, that's, that's just a no brainer. He will have plenty of recruits down there. All right. Let me see if we have any more. Oh, this is a good one. I like this one because I think you guys were students. Perhaps you'll know the answer. Uh, I, this is from Diane the good uh, friend of the pod. I've been a season ticket holder for more than 20 years. And on third down, it always sounds like the student section is saying block that kick. Some say it's tradition. Is that true? I- I've never heard this. You guys know what the, if either one of you have been out in the student section. Uh... Yeah. So they're not saying block that kick. They're saying but... a very naughty word and Penn state. <laughs> yes. Yes. Is Brian's right? absolutely right. Uh... That's what I did. <laughs> I figured it wasn't block that kick, but I didn't know it was that. That's great. I, I really respect Diane's. Uh, I don't know if it's innocence or just we don't positive attitude. But we don't want to get we don't want to get that explicit rating on the Rutgers rant. That would be something bad if we you know we ended up on the on the naughty list of podcasts. Wow, that's good to know. Thanks for that. It's the word people want to say to all of us every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> want to people have been saying consistently for twenty years. Okay, all right. Here's a couple, a couple more. There's loads of hype for this night atmosphere environment at SHI Stadium. In your opinion, where does Rutgers rank in terms of nighttime packed house crowds in the Big Ten? 
Great question. I will say I have not been to every Big Ten stadium yet. I think I still miss Wisconsin and Purdue and Northwestern, but I haven't seen every stadium at night. You know where we're going to start here with very little beats the white out at Penn State when it's at night and everyone's waving the flags. Um, Nebraska when when they're not just a dumpster fire is a great atmosphere. What do you guys got? Where, where do you see the best atmosphere? Ohio State's probably pretty good. I haven't been there for a night game, obviously. Yep. In fairness, I haven't been at a Rutgers, like an actual good night game at Rutgers ever. I think the last one was probably Michigan 2014. I wasn't around for that, but I Ohio, Ohio State, Michigan probably has a really good one. I think you mentioned Wisconsin really good. I reckon Rutgers is probably near the, the bottom half of the yep. league in that. The, well, yeah, I would say I'd say in the middle. I mean, the Ruck, when it was, and this is good to remember, when it's good, it's great. I mean, Rutgers Penn State, the first Big Ten game in that stadium was unbelievable atmosphere. I mean, just just an angry, you know, feisty crowd. I mean, it was about as good as a home field home field advantage that you could get. So, if it's that, Pat, I mean, that's that's top five. It's no doubt, no doubt, and. uh Think about pandemonium in Piscataway before they even had the right. right student section wasn't even in the back there that those seats didn't exist. So that would only be better. Yeah, it's just uh, you're right. I think <laughs> the nighttime brings out more energy and and student involvement as well, too. So, yes, people are drunker. <laughs> people are drunker. Yes. I'll, I've told this story a million times, but when a pandemonium, pandemonium Piscataway. And we have to go down from the press box through the crowd to cross the field to get to the, the locker room. And it was so crazy. I couldn't get across. And I just, and I stopped halfway through. I'm like, well, I'm just going to write my column on this because this is insane. That's what I remember about that night. It would, so if you can have that against Iowa, that would be fun. All right. Uh, final question. And it segues great into our predictions. Uh, Mike in Jersey city, how high should I get my hopes for the game versus Iowa? So I mean, we're, we're, we're clearly we're, we're down on it, but I was looking at the matchup predict, predictor on ESPN. I don't know how much stock you guys put in that, but it was 56, 43 Iowa. So I mean, that's like, it's about as close as you can get on that thing. How high should his hopes get? What do you think? I think uh, it, just the quarterback situation makes it so unpredictable and, and hard to gauge. If you're going to, if it's going to be Evan Simon, the whole game, you're going to see a lot of what you saw against temple. Yeah. If either of those other quarterbacks are, are able to go, it's going to be a, it's going to be that, you know, 53, 47, maybe. So I, I would say, enjoy, enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy the first big night game. Keep your, keep your expectations at a pretty decent level. Yeah. You agree with that, Brian? I would keep my expectations fairly low. And if Rutgers is able to keep the game close, let them kind of elevate. If the, if it's a one possession game in the fourth quarter, Anything could really happen, but outside yeah. of that, I just got to think uh, it's going to be a long night for Rutgers. All right. Well, uh, that's a good transition to the predictions. Temple predictions, I'm back, baby. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, I went 1-0 uh, last week. You guys picked Rutgers to cover the 16 points. <laughs> it was a negotiation. I will admit, I will admit, early in that game, there was a negotiation in the press box where I'm like, are you really just 16 points we agreed on? And uh, you guys shot me down pretty, uh, pretty fast there, but it didn't matter. So we're all tied up here. So who wants to go first on this one? I do want to say we have to settle. The line opened at six. It's currently okay. at seven and a half. What are we going with? I mean, shouldn't we go with the current line? Since it's as current as we can get. That seems fair. It doesn't have to be the opening line. If it's seven and a half, let's go seven and a half. I think it's more compelling that way too. I agree. Is that really, she's going to change your pick. I guess it could change your pick. Half a pick is a lot. Half a point yeah, is a point, lot of a point and a half. Yeah. yeah it matters. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. I will go. Iowa covers. I just think um, they're going to be able to score early. 
hold on to that lead. I just can't imagine this Rutgers offense is going to be able to mount a comeback, barring, you know, a Shaquan Loyal-esque play where they make a big defensive play, which given Iowa's conservative offense, I just can't imagine that happens. I'll go Iowa 17, Rutgers 6. Okay, so cover there. Uh, Lanny, what do you got? I'm going to give the Rutgers homer pick with the big crowd. Ball is the program. Pretty and good. that they are going to get one of those takeaways that changes the game on the complete opposite of what Brian said. So I'm going to say Rutgers covers and wins 17-14. A Rutgers victory. You're going to go through. I love it. Oh, it's great. A Rutgers victory. 17-14, uh, you say. Okay. All right. That'll get the that'll move the needle here. Uh, I disagree. I'm going to have to, I'm going to go with, uh, with, with where Brian is in this one. And again, I mean, I just, I get it that the Iowa offense is bad. Uh, I just think that they will, they will find there's been some mistakes in that defense. They're going to find something uh, to get a, get a few points on the board. I do not feel confident that Rutgers will. And, and so I think it's going to be something along the lines of, uh, you know, at 21, seven, 24, seven, Iowa win, maybe it'll be close in the fourth quarter and it'll keep, uh, keep the fans in the, in the stands, but uh, I just don't see it right now in this one. All right. Uh, what else we got? Oh, uh, oh, uh, as we're leaving the press conference today, uh, Fonseca told me he went to a volleyball game and wanted to talk about it. So this is, this is good. Tell us what we, what we've learned here from volleyball. Sure. Uh, as I, I'm not sure how many of our listeners are aware, but uh, you're talking to the first first team All Hudson County player in Carney volleyball history. Oh, not to wait, wait, no, wait a minute. Don't don't be don't be modest here. What to tell us more about this? So, so for the record, Carney volleyball existed for ten years when I first started playing. Yeah. So it's not exactly a historic program. Right. I was I was according to NJ.com, who was now my employer, but was not at the time. For the record, <laughs> I am the first first team All Hudson County member. Of the Rucker of the not the Rutgers of the Carney volleyball program, which has yeah. since won the Hudson County tournament what? that we lost in the final of that still haunts me to this day, but that's another story for another day. Pat, are you gonna point out the obvious before he goes on here about this? This what makes this remarkable? Just get just get to the volleyball, Rutgers volleyball. No, 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 wait, wait, but but for your fun second, you're like you know, you're like five eight, right? Is that whoa, 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 whoa? How tall are you? Are you this, five nine? This is absolute slander. This well, is absolute you. I, I cannot believe I cannot believe what I just heard. I am five nine <laughs> on my license plate. I will not give up an inch. I am sixty nine inches tall. I will not lose I'm an not, inch. So I I apologize. I need unreservedly. Every, I'm very sorry. I need every single one I can get, Steve. It's I have been the Labaro. Okay, five. So, but that's pretty cool. So five. So you were a, you were a setter, I guess. I was a setter. Good guess. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. It was. Much, well, you don't much think better. you don't think I have hops? You don't think I can I can I can jump my jump over the net? I don't know. I did. I'm just trying to like envision the the Carney volleyball schedule. Like, who's the big Carney volleyball rival? They got to beat St. Peter's Prep, Hudson County. Yes. You beat you beat St. Peter's Prep. No, we almost did. We won a set at home. The most fired up I've ever been in my entire life, and then we choked it away. But that again. All right. It is. Who's the right? Is the rival like North East Side? I mean, who's the? So we had multiple rivals. North Arlington. uh, We had St. Peter's Prep, who was the team we could never beat. There was Bayonne, who we finally beat my senior year, and there okay. was Harrison. That was a big rival. The, the soccer rivalry moved over to right. uh, to the volleyball court, and we beat them in the Hudson County semifinals. I cannot believe I am reliving my high school glory days this on this it. podcast. This is great. This, uh, this is, is this, this, this is, is good content. I'm going to get clowned on unbelievably hard and deservedly so. I should really get clowned on this. I'm just picturing back. This is pulling this is really back. it is. I'm just picturing a bunch of little Portuguese kids with boobos boobos at this volleyball game, getting intense. There was about 50 of them there. And uh, yeah, good crowd. All you right, changed what? the town. You changed the town. 
All right, what? So what are we talking about? Town USA, baby. Town USA. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, so what I was happened at, the, at Rutgers? Go ahead. So I uh, on Sunday decided to pop by Jersey Mike's Arena and uh, watch the volleyball team take on Princeton. Uh, they recently started playing games at Jersey Mike's Arena last year. I didn't have a chance to watch any game there uh, last year, so I decided to pop by this year. And I got to say, obviously, the program is in a tough spot. It's been in a really tough spot for a long time. You wrote about it when they lost their first 99 games in the Big Ten. Uh, they're obviously climbing a huge mountain. Caitlin Schwafheimer uh, is doing as good a job as one could possibly hope for. Uh, they're six and six right now through the non-conference slate. My point being, I'm watching them play, and I'm imagining that place full. If they could ever get to a point of respectability in the Big Ten, and they welcome a team like they're welcoming defending national champions Wisconsin on Friday, or if they welcome Nebraska, a team that's selling out a, a thousand-person arena every 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 game. If Rutgers could ever get to the point where one of those teams is coming to the rack. And Rutgers could reasonably upset one of those teams. That place will be sold out and absolutely rocking to a natural level of basketball, of wrestling, of anything that's in that place. So uh, I, this wow. is probably unreasonable to expect out of that program. Again, they're climbing a very, very big mountain. But I, mean, I was just sitting yeah. there watching it, and I was thinking what this could be is, is pretty remarkable. And no, no team had a harder transition into the Big Ten than volleyball. I mean, there's just not... There's just not a volleyball culture in New Jersey. It's been very hard. I mean, no offense on the Hudson County thing. I, I don't want to you know, insult you again, twice in the same. I don't want to, I just, we have to work together through the rest of the season. I don't want to get in your bad side about it, but I'm just saying it's, it, it is a hard, it is a hard thing to pull off in New Jersey. I mean, Pat, where does volleyball rank is sports in, in our state here? It's yeah. Definitely. I don't know. I think there've been some really good players that have come out of New Jersey and yeah. gone to Penn state, like most sports. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's in terms of popularity, I would say middle of the pack. All right. Any other uh, any other good uh, soccer, women's soccer continues to roll, right? I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, they're the they're they might be the best. They're the best team at the school right now. They might be the best team that that program's had. Is that too far of a stretch? I mean, what they're, what do you think? Nine, they're nine and zero for the first time in program history yeah. to start a season. Yeah. They, I mean, they went undefeated in the Big Ten last year. I don't think it's realistic to expect it, but they can reasonably go undefeated again in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, the sky's the limit for the team. They look really good so far. And I would argue, yeah, they're the best program in the school and the one that has the best shot at winning a national championship. They're number yeah. three, right? In the country. Who's one and two. Uh, I can't tell you that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. North Carolina, I think is number one. Not that I would, you know, know that off the top of my head for, from random reasons. Um, UCLA, maybe UCLA. I don't know. I mean, Fall State won last year. They've got to be up there. Yeah, so number three in the country. That's no, yeah. that's no joke. Let's Good. look it up right now. We're doing live, live looking up. All right, while, while he's googling it, anything else going going on? Is kind of I know I know wrestling started practice, so probably started practice. Getting, getting out there, we're getting to the point. Where we're going to get some basketball media days coming yeah. relatively soon, so that's exciting. We we'll get some hoops talk, uh, but right now, yeah, it's all Rutgers and all Iowa and all football. All right, what we got? What's the ranking? Okay, so this is from September 11th, so this is a week ago, okay. but. Rutgers is number four. Your uh, North Carolina Tar Heels are number two. Mm. UCLA is number one. And number three is Duke. I think that's old. I think I think Carolina just beat UCLA, so I think that's going to flip. Okay. Duke and is then, and then number five is the Fighting James Cratches, the South Carolina Gamecocks. <laughs> oh, wow, boy. look at that. Well, the College Cup is in uh, is in North Carolina this year, so uh, road trip. That's all I got to say about that. All right. Good job, guys. I think we should wrap up on that end. Uh, thanks for everyone for listening, for all your great questions to Devco as always, and really looking forward to seeing the atmosphere at the stadium this week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. 
to participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone. Sign up at nj.com slash insider.